language fascinates me. I'm addicted to word games and explanations of word origins. Abby and I wrestle with words on puzzle challenges like spelling bee, wordle, and quartle every day. Languages fascinate me. My English teacher in the 7th and 8th grades opened the door of my mind to English grammar and then launched me on a four-year journey in my first foreign language, Latin. It culminated in a 500-word paper in Latin, or was it 250 words? Mercifully, that paper has long since been lost, but it was the harbinger of studies in the next 60 years of my life. I began adding to my collection of languages with New Testament Greek and university. And since then, I have formally studied five more languages and gained a passing knowledge of yet another four or five related languages. It's a bit like climbing a tree. One branch leads to the next, and the more branches there are, the easier it is to climb. Within the Latin, Scandinavian, or Slavic groups of languages, overlapping similarities in grammar and vocabulary are a great aid to understanding sister languages. The challenge is to get a good hold on the first branch in the new family of languages, and that's where Hebrew comes in for me at the moment. It's the first in a new family, the Semitic languages, which include Arabic and Aramaic. This is when I discovered Hamas in the Bible. As I mentioned in a recent blog, after studying Hebrew off and on for 50 years on my own, I decided to sign up for online courses from a school based in Jerusalem. I enrolled in the second level of studies, but when the school sent me the materials for Hebrew B, they also included the vocabulary list for Hebrew A. I recognized many of the 451 words on that list, but the word list for Unit 8 included a word I didn't know. Hamas. Now, every language is subject to a play on words. English is rife with words that sound the same or nearly the same, and some of them spell differently. They have entirely different meanings and are therefore the most unlimited source for puns. In studying other languages, one comes across similarly sounding words in totally distinct languages. In Brazil, when my missionary colleagues and I engaged in a battle of puns and plays on words, it was understood that mixing English and Portuguese and translingual wordplay didn't count. I had already studied German before I tackled Russian where I encountered the simplest example of translingual confusion. Ja, German, and Ja, Russian, are pronounced exactly the same. But a German is saying yes, and a Russian says, I. Now I found a word in Hebrew of the Bible dating back 3,000 years that is currently appearing in the news almost every hour. But the word Hamas in Amos 3.10 or Habakkuk, 2, 8, and 17, or Psalm 7, 16, cannot be the same Hamas that's in the news from Gaza. It's an invented word. It's an acronym, like the UN for the United Nations. Some groups intentionally choose a name to turn an everyday word in our language into an acronym. LASER, for example, can stand for Leadership and Assistance for Science Education Reform. Ironically, the word laser itself is an acronym for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. Well, that's certainly easier to say laser than to say all that. 
The founders of Hamas chose their name, Haraka al-Hakmakwama al-Islamiya, Islamic Resistance Movement. Uh, pardon my Arabic pronunciation there. I'm not used to pronouncing Arabic words. And they turned the Arabic word Hamas into an acronym. In Arabic, Hamas is translated by Google as agitation. But it's a perfect example of a cruel play on words between languages. In the Bible, the Hebrew word Hamas is usually translated as violence. For example, in Amos, Habakkuk, and the Psalms. Hamas is the last word in Genesis 6.11 and is translated violence in the King James Version. Describing the situation that led to the destruction of mankind by the flood, the text reads, The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with Hamas. The Israel Bible, translated by rabbis, translate the verse this way, The earth became corrupt before Hashem. The earth was filled with lawlessness. Hamas, violence, lawlessness. A very apt description indeed, and lawlessness is an interesting translation. It's the literal translation or rendering of the Greek word the King James translates as iniquity in Matthew 24, 12. Most of the recent translations render the word literally, because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many shall grow cold. Other versions read, because evil will multiply. Hamas is notorious for spreading lies, and they proved it again this past week by intentionally and falsely claiming that the IDF had attacked a hospital in Gaza City. But we have to give Hamas credit for making one thing clear from the outset. They aren't out to fool anyone. They put what they stand for in their very name. In Arabic, Hamas may mean agitation, which certainly describes that terrorist organization. But organizers knew what Hamas means in Hebrew, the language of their target. Violence, lawlessness, evil. To support Hamas is to literally support violence and lawlessness. It's their name, one they wear proudly. When Jesus spoke of his return, he said, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Luke 17, 26. Genesis 6.13 says, Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with Hamas because of them. Israel's determination to completely wipe out Hamas is laudable, but ultimately it is doomed to fail. Hamas is not limited to the Palestinian terrorist organization we see in the news. Hamas is found wherever there is lawlessness and rebellion against God and his rule over the lives of men. It existed in Noah's day. It exists in our country and our cities. We may find it in our churches, our homes, and our hearts. But wherever Hamas is found, it is God who will put an end to it. Not even the flood, which cleansed the earth of all but eight souls, could eradicate the evil seed of sin in the human heart from which Hamas quickly flourished again. No amount of water, whether our tears of suffering or the waters of baptism or the flood itself, can eliminate the evil seed of sin. 
It's not through a flood, but only through the blood of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Lamb of God, that Hamas can be eliminated in each of our hearts. And it is through His Son, Jesus, that God will work out the final solution to eliminate every enemy, Hamas included. 1 Corinthians 15, 24-26 say, Then comes the end, when He, Jesus, hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when He abolishes all rule and all authority and power. For He must reign until He puts all His enemies under His feet. Until then, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth and in us, even as it is in heaven. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said, The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called the sons of God. Anyone who is born of God can never be a supporter of Hamas.